What's going on, everybody? You're tuning in to the Welcome to Instant Pharma podcast with a PH. More than ever, employers need to know the latest and greatest buzz surrounding the fastest growing part of the American healthcare dollar, pharmacy benefits. So sit back, relax, and be entertained as the One Digital Pharmacy Consulting Team brings topics, ideas, and strategies to help you drive business growth and unleash people potential. Top of the morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Instant Pharma, where we discuss all things pharmacy benefits. I'm your host, Richard Lowe, joined by my highly esteemed co-host, Madison Edelman. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we are going to talk about mental health. I know we're late in terms of mental health awareness, but I think all year round, this is a very important topic. And today we have the privilege of being joined by our very own Dr. Lucy Roberts. Hi there, everyone. It's a pleasure to be with you today. And what is your role here at One Digital? So I have the privilege of partnering with our clients to build out engagement and well-being strategies. I'm our senior consultant for our national member engagement team. Awesome. And what's your background? So I actually graduated with my doctorate in educational psychology in 2020, right during COVID. So it was a really fun time to figure out what I wanted to do when um, I grew up. In my previous life, I was a therapist for a little bit of time and also am still a professor on the side and um, just really live and breathe all things mental health. So you got your, your PhD? Yes. And where did you get that? University of Alabama, Roll Tide. Uh, so I went to the University of Georgia, and then I got my doctorate of pharmacy. So um, I have to ask you, Lucy, would you like us to refer to you as a doctor? No, you may call me Lucy. Okay. Just want to make sure. I, I don't ever go by my, uh, the doctor. It just sounds, sounds so formal. I'm interested. You both attended the Transform and Engage session in Houston and presented. Um, could you just tell us a little bit about how that went, what the, the emphasis that was covered during the session was? Yeah, sure. So really the theme of our talk was centered around this idea of a resiliency blueprint. So how to help organizations be resilient in the current times that we're in. We're facing a lot of struggles. And so what I talked about, and then I'll kick it over to Richard, is really just the, the mental health challenges that we're facing as a society and then for the workforce and how you know, that affects our work. So Houston was a great experience. That was the first time I got to present with you, Lucy, and we highlighted some really important topics in terms of the mental health crisis and also flowing into the prescription opioid epidemic as well. A lot of different important topics just to hit head on, but employers are continuing to talk about as well. So I think it really highlighted maybe some sensitive subjects, but also just important topics for not only now, but for the future. Um, another cool thing that we, we left out here in Houston, we presented at a horse racing track. Oh. Yes. It was right after the Kentucky Derby, so the timing was uh, was uh, coincidental. But, Lucy, what was your experience with 
with how the whole horse racing and how all that worked. Yeah, I was terrible at um, bidding. We didn't bet, by the way. Bet. Did you have to wear fancy hats? No, but I, well, some people did. Okay. Good. I really felt out of place. I wish I had had my fancy hat. Yes, I felt underdressed. That's so funny. Well, to get back into the topic that we're um, talking about today, and Richard, you mentioned that you discussed some sensitive but important topics, and I, I think that we can all agree that mental health and um, pharmacy benefits are both top of mind for both employers and employees today, since the past few years have kind of evolved that conversation. So, Lucy, could you describe how you're currently helping and supporting employers today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you said it, Madison, the the pandemic really exasperated some of the mental health struggles and challenges that we're seeing and that employees are facing. But it's important to remember that mental health challenges did not start with the pandemic. It's been going on since human beings existed. Mm -hmm. um, but now we're really seeing an effect on the workforce. And in the workplace and the ability for people to show up and actually do their best work. So at One Digital, we have created a multifaceted approach to actually addressing mental health for um, employees. We cover three general areas. The first one is organizational infrastructure. And that's really looking at is your organization set up to support employees and to support their mental health and total well-being? The second one is really support for every single employee. And it's important to note that we believe that every employee, every individual, must manage their mental health every single day. And so they need support for mental health. Um, I often ask when people look at me, uh, just a little funny when I say everyone has to manage their mental health, I say, well, have you ever been stressed? Because if the answer is yes, that is a mental health challenge, right? And so as employers, we have an opportunity to provide some on-demand stress management training and education so that employees know how to manage their stress effectively. And I feel like step one would be even understanding mental health in all of its facets, right? Being able to use the correct terminology and understand what you're feeling. Is that before you can address it? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. And so we've heard more and more about mental health literacy recently. And that's really the ability to understand that mental health is a real challenge, but understand the types of, of mental health challenges um, and then also being able to recognize signs and symptoms of challenges and do something about it, whether it's for yourself or for a colleague. Mm -hmm. Lastly, we look at the access to care piece. The mental health care system is broken. Um, it has been hard to get mental health care for a long time. The system's not set up to support all of the various challenges that individuals are facing today. And so we partner with our clients to help them come up with creative ways to expand networks of therapists and psychiatrists. But then we also, of course, want to make sure that they are appropriately getting access to the correct medications because we want to make sure that in any mental health um, treatment protocol that there is an effective medication, if needed, 
coupled with some type of therapeutic intervention like therapy or psychiatry. You mentioned mental health literacy. Employees, how, how, do, they, how do you bring awareness even to that challenge? One of the ways that we have found that has been super effective is when leaders are actually talking about mental health challenges, whether it's sharing their own experiences or whether it is just kind of normalizing it for the general population of their employees. I love that. I love that. And I think we're grateful to have that here at One Digital, that our leadership talks about it, takes ownership of it, and it's not shied away from. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I can definitely see that as being a gap uh, for some employers. I have a question. Lucy, how does the solution, when we talk about mental health solutions, um, how do we make sure that it deepens the company's commitment to DE and IMB, so diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, those initiatives? Yeah, that's a great question. And quite honestly, we've done a lot of work around the connection between mental health and diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging at One Digital in recent months. And what we're finding, and actually it came from the Surgeon General himself of the United States, that in his outline for a healthy workforce, a mentally healthy workforce, it he actually talks about how DEI and B is a critical component and that we must tune into all aspects of an individual in order to truly meet their needs and to help them feel like they belong in the organization. So really the connecting piece that we see is that belonging piece. Belonging is an innate psychological human need that social connection piece. And so when we experience that in the workforce, we are actually able to do better work, feel like we're psychologically safe. And quite honestly, we're finding that in studies, people are sticking around at organizations when they feel like they belong. Absolutely. You know, in, in my life, I feel like you have a work family and that contributes a lot to that belonging aspect. And I feel like post-COVID um, workplace with it being so heavy on remote or hybrid, I feel like a lot of companies are struggling with that belonging connection factor because so many employees are alone in you know their office all day every day. Great point, Madison. Really, organizations are having to evolve and shift in so many ways now. You know, I'm interested, Richard, what are you seeing on the treatment side specifically related to pharmaceutical intervention? Great question. So let me back up. Let me go back to my pharmacist days. What we saw consistently was antidepressants being top five, if not the top class that we dispensed on a daily basis. Um, Now the statistics show that one out of every five or six Americans is taking a uh, medication to treat mental health. And we've seen that increase Put that back into percentages. Now it's fifteen to twenty percent. Ten years ago, this was under ten percent. So again, was it undiagnosed, or are we just continuing to see an escalated crisis continue to shift um, higher? Also, what we're seeing is just in comparing twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, is an increase in again utilization. So 10% increase year-over-year utilization 
think the silver lining behind it is the cost. A lot of employers want to think about costs. The costs have actually decreased by 2%. A couple of different contributing factors are more generic competition. A lot of these can be treated with generics. Now cost also, and we can talk about this later, is, is it the most effective as well? I think that's just another question in terms of balancing costs with effectiveness mm -hmm. and how do we get to the most effective treatments? Because oftentimes, Lucy, you've probably seen this in your experience. There may be just a throw something at the wall and see if it sticks type of approach. Um, and on that note, Richard, I'm interested. So you, you said that the prevalence um, in terms of prescriptions being filled in this class is increasing. And how is that affecting access? I know you said that the costs have gone down, but has there been any, any issues with people who really need um, antidepressants, for example, accessing it? Absolutely. We saw after the pandemic in certain populations a 10% increase in either new diagnosis or just new utilization. So new uses of these products. So with that increased demand, also, we saw supply chain issues. We're still seeing supply chain issues and also increased prescribing, probably more access due to what you stated, um, telehealth, being able to prescribe. We have seen national shortages, specifically in the ADHD class. Oh, interesting. Yes, and it continues on. There's still varying levels, but we're still seeing that access being, being a concern, not only just to get to your treatment, but these were shortages in the generics. Mm. And as you both are aware, generics are typically, they're always less costly than their brand counterparts. Mm -hmm. So now participants, the only way they can get to their medication is if they can find it, is taking the brand medication. And that will carry a higher cost there. So then now affordability becomes an issue. Mm -hmm. So. We continue to see these challenges today. So Richard, expanding on that a bit more, when we think about comorbidities um, in terms of physical and physiological conditions and mental health conditions, we know that they're so inextricably connected. Uh, for example, employees with diabetes are two to three times more likely to experience depression than those without diabetes. And that's just one circumstance in which one impacts the other. So could you talk us through a little bit how you say the prevalence of comorbidities with a mental health condition has evolved over time. And are you seeing any dangerous interactions with so many diagnoses and comorbidities? So we're seeing a, with the utilization of these mental health um, medications, the comorbidities, you're right, diabetes, pain medications, there's always an underlying cause. And what is that root cause? As Lucy had alluded to, we're talking about diabetes, you're often, often more than not, you're taking more than one medication. You could have increased costs, you need to test all the time. It's just different circumstances, situations that can lead to other issues as well. Pain medications, are we getting down to the root cause? Is it chronic pain? Then now it flows into mental health. So oftentimes you see, I think Lucy, you can talk about this sort of a, maybe at first at the surface, a, a separate type of conversation between mental health and prescription therapy, and they oftentimes can clash. But also, I see a convergence story all day, every day, and mm -hmm. how these two pieces really connect um, in, in terms of bringing out 
uh, best outcome. Before I let you touch on that, I do want to state in terms of your interactions piece, we saw that time and time again. A recent study actually just showed that over 45% of patients taking Schedule two stimulants, such as your Adderall or your Vyvanse, they're also taking an antidepressant as well. And when you're taking those types of medications, oftentimes two, three medications, you have to be weary of the side effects. And then is it doing more harm than benefit? Mm -hmm. You could have one that could be a stimulant that can help you in terms of focus and probably feeling better, but then it leads to insomnia. Then you need to take a, a sedative or what's called a hypnotic to help you calm down as well. So mm -hmm. it's kind of a balancing act in terms of how you're feeling throughout the day. So it's like when I drink three cups of coffee in the morning, so I have to take melatonin at night to go to sleep. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah, so Richard, just to your point earlier, you know, oftentimes when we think about medications and, and pharmacy, it feels like it flies in the face of mental health and well-being and really being able to fit, live your best life because we often want to rely on behavior change mm -hmm. to solve a lot of our challenges. But what we found and what I think is really important to point out is that there is a convergence story. There is an opportunity for medication to help support therapeutic intervention when it comes to mental health. So, you know, for example, some people might need to be on some type of medication for a mental health condition their entire lives. And some individuals are actually only need some type of medication for a little bit of time. And in the course of any treatment, you would want to make sure that you're checking in with your doctor and you're able to kind of monitor the effects of the medication, but that you're also doing the work as far as establishing really healthy coping skills, making sure that you're setting up your life in a way that really can fuel good patterns and overall mental health and well-being. Well, and I think that goes back to what Richard was saying in terms of getting at the root cause, um, because there's also a, lo a lot of comorbidities between mental health diagnoses too. And so I think it's important to pair and couple therapy with um, any sort of pharmaceutical intervention because at the end of the day, the pharmaceutical intervention isn't addressing that root cause, whether it's trauma or, um, you know, ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, whatever it may be. So I think that's a great conversation. And Richard and Lucy as well, uh, what can employers do to address this at the end of the day? That's why our listeners are here. So do we have any tips or best practices for connecting pharmacy and mental health? Let's start with the initial strategy. It has to be a multifaceted approach. Uh, we talk about costs and it's not just prescription drug costs. It's not just behavioral therapy, those types of interventions. We see that just in lost productivity alone contributes to on average $3,200 annually per employee uh, with, with depression or a similar condition. What I would encourage employers today is having is taking that multifaceted approach. So let's start and we we see you and I can kind of go back and forth on this. What would you encourage on the engagement and well-being side 
for an employer to consider? Yeah, so it's important to remember that mental health disorders are actually a primary cause of disability in the workplace. Um, and so employers really need to understand how these mental health challenges affect their employees and be ready to take action. So one of the ways that this can happen effectively is by recognizing and understanding that employees bring their whole selves to work. So they're not able to just check these challenges at the door like they're a coat and, <laughs> and then go about their day. <laughs> but they're, they're really truly bringing all of this with them to the workforce. So, you know, one of the ways that, and we mentioned this earlier, that can be really beneficial is equipping your leaders to recognize signs and symptoms of mental health challenges and knowing exactly how to address with an employee or point them to the right resources. Richard, what would you recommend? So taking that conversation, having it continue now to pharmacy, how do we increase access? We talked about the shortages, first of all, making sure that affordability is maintained. What we've done with a few employer groups in our experience is making sure that we're not harming that patient in terms of their copay, for instance. If they're having to go to a brand name medication, they're not penalized for it because of a shortage. So maintaining a generic copay, they can still go to their same pharmacy, still see their same provider and access a very similar medication. Next, when we continue on the affordability side, Ask your vendors if they offer preventative medication benefits. With preventative medication benefits, they will cover chronic conditions, not only looking at blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, but also mental health. I think this can help with increasing adherence, accessibility, and also affordability as well. Then finally, when we talk about making sure that we focus on the whole employee. Now it goes into the realm, which we haven't talked about yet, but it's called pharmacogenomics, AKA personalized medicine. So pharmacogenomics is focusing on genes and your DNA to drive appropriate therapy. When we focus on mental health, pharmacogenomics is actually honed in on specific gene combinations. There's actually more than 32 now that can optimize not only what is probably the optimal treatment, but what would not agree with you. So as employers want to consider looking at more uh, a more personalized approach than pharmacogenomics, I think it's something to consider. Right now, the cost is still a little bit on the higher end, but if you weigh that against potential mistreatment and the additional costs that come with that, it easily could be a win-win experience, not only for the employer, but more importantly, for the employee. I, that's interesting. So given that it's a much more targeted approach, uh, it could also save time in terms of you know a patient potentially going to have multiple appointments to get second opinions or, you know, wasted time trying to figure out what is um, the best therapy. So that seems great. And just think about the mental health burden that you have when you're trying out a medication and you don't know if it's going to work right. You have mm -hmm. to give it a certain amount of time. 
and then maybe it doesn't work and you have to go back and try something different. So that sounds like an incredible approach. And how do you even pick if you've never even had that conversation? We talked about mental health literacy and the awareness side. How do you even pick the appropriate provider? Mm -hmm. Do you just go to whoever? So I think it's just another avenue, kind of a, a balance, a check, you might call it, to make sure that you are on the appropriate therapy. We had a great discussion today. Lucy, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I hope you'll come back sometime. And again, just to recap today what we discussed, mental health, very important topic. And we encourage you just to focus in at least on some three fundamentals. We encourage employers to really engage leadership, focus on the whole employee. This benefits structure is not just on a global scale, but also we need to have emphasis back on that individual. Second of all, a couple different strategies to focus in on the pharmacy side, looking at exploring a preventative benefit, also offering ways to mitigate the shortages that we've experienced recently with ADHD medications. And then finally explore some potentially out of the box solutions that might be new to you. And this could include pharmacogenomics, personalized medicine. How do we integrate that within your pharmacy benefit and truly evaluating the costs versus the benefits? And so Richard, how can employers that want to get started connect with you and Lucy as well to have these converged conversations between mental health and pharmacy benefits? Absolutely. Head over to onedigital.com and you can either search for us or find our individual departments. Feel free to email us directly. And lastly, listeners, we're actually going to be soliciting questions from our audience. So if you have a topic or a question that you want us to cover in our next episode, whether it's directly or indirectly related to pharmacy benefits, feel free to contact us. You can find our information on OneDigital.com, like Richard said. Um, so thank you for joining Thank you for listening to this episode of Instant Pharma. Be sure to subscribe to our show and check out OneDigital.com to connect with us.